This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for those of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James and I am still on the East Coast waiting for a snowstorm to happen and I am joined by my lovely dear friends Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim who Michelle just called us a really bad name before we started. <laughs> Seriously? You're going to tell them that? Yeah, busted. I'm Something usually the one that gets busted so Sister We're you not even right going to repeat it. We're not going to repeat it, but I haven't been called that since I was just like a sophomore in high school, which made it doubly hilarious because I'm like, nobody's called me that since I was a sophomore in high school. So, Michelle, I'm just going to give you the first word here of how are you doing, um, and do you feel bad now because you called this a bad name? <laughs> Absolutely not. They both totally deserved it. They were ganging up on me once again, dear listeners, and they totally deserved it. And once again, do not let the habit fool you. She can be as spicy as the rest. So, but... Anyway, I'm doing quite lovely today. It is Easter Monday, and we are doing great. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Heather, how are you? Oh, I'm doing really good because I'm just laughing so hard at our little banter that we're, <laughs> that we're having here today. No, I'm doing great. Easter. Woo! Finally. Yeah. We have seen Amen. the light. Let us rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. We can say it now. We, well, yeah, you can. You can say it all you want. I think she's been saying it under her breath for like a long time now. You just been like, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How are you, sister? Oh, well, I'm doing well. I'm sitting up for this episode. You know, last time I was reclining at table there, and uh, mm-hmm. but now I'm actually sitting up. So I think we've I've revived a little bit since I had lots of <laughs> a lot of parish missions, a lot of talks during Lent, which was worth every second of it. But I I do have to say it's nice to have a little rest and. Um, I'm almost kind of sad here because our Lenten book study has is coming to a close. And so we've journeyed with a lot of people and just wonderful discussions we've had with people and comments that they've made. And so we're just going to wrap up the book a bit and talk about our own personal reflections about the book. And the quote that we're going to pull uh, from this chapter is this. It's gorgeous. It says, The unfathomable mystery of God is that God is a lover who wants to be loved. And I remember in graduate school, one of my professors, um, he would often repeat the first paragraph from the catechism over and over and over and over again. And and after a while, I would just finally listen to what he was saying. But I'm like, why does he keep saying the very first paragraph of the catechism? And, and it says, in essence, the same thing, that God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely creates man to share in his own blessed life. And it's for this reason that God draws close to man in all times and all places. And I think we forget that. It's very easy to go through the motions of a faith and kind of put in our time, so to speak, and forget that God is a person and mm-hmm. that his name is love and that he desires to be loved freely in return. And I think when we consider that and consider that reality in mind, it changes the whole dynamic, especially of Easter, right? Of a God who is searching for us, who gives us life for us and searches for us and who never stops. So Mm -hmm. Heather, kind of when you journey in that regard and that idea, that reality that God is a lover, what is in the depths of your heart as we've journeyed this Lent through this book and just through life? Hmm. I just love what you're saying. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed, just listening to you going, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and so true. We forget this so often. Oh, gosh, like our I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, because I just think it's real for so many of us, like our misunderstandings of who God is, and, and the way that we disfigure the face of God, or our wounds have or things that people have said, or even sometimes people within the church have said or done things that have disfigured the face of God 
and who he really is. And I thought, gosh, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we just sat with that? I love that your professor just kept repeating the same thing, because there's something about that that is so necessary for our hearts to hear the truth over and over again that God is love. He is love. And we sometimes have heard it so much, we're like, yeah, 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 God's love. (laughs) But to let that sink in deeply to transform our hearts, that He's good, that He's kind, that He's love, that He comes after us, like, He really is irresistible. Yet so often we resist this deep, perfect love, you know, Um, which, which begs the questions, you know, why are we so resistant to he who is the deepest, most perfect, beautiful love that our hearts are longing for, you know, Mm -hmm. that's good, Mm. man. We're Mm -hmm. only five minutes in. Jeez. (laughs) And we're done. Okay. Turn the mics off. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Michelle, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are, um, I think when you've encountered his love and you've encountered him in a personal way, there is nothing that compares. And I was recently reading one of the things that Mother Teresa, letters that Mother Teresa wrote to her sisters saying, and she was saying to her sisters, I don't think some of you have encountered this Jesus that you're serving in a Mm -hmm. personal way or encountered his love. And I'm like, what? You know, if you're going to sign up for the missionaries of charity, that's not like an easy um, gig there. Seriously, like there are some hardcore women there. And I'm thinking, what you haven't, like, how would you do that without experiencing his love? Mm. You know, and how powerful like that encounter is. And, um, and I think Henry now just does such a beautiful job of just, you know, really just coming home with it, bringing it all home that we are um, his beloved. This is our truest identity and that the lover of our souls has been pursuing us from the beginning of time, that he created us in love, for love, by love, to be love into a world. And we are sent into this world to exude his love. And we can only Mm -hmm. do that when we get to the core of our identity as the beloved. And we can only do that when we have placed ourselves in his gaze. Um, to really make sure that we are locked in his gaze. And I was thinking about it the other day because um, a person and I were just talking about the gaze of Jesus. Like, you know, and St. Therese always says when she was praying, I looked at him and he looked at me. You know, mm-hmm. just that gaze of a lover has, um, you know. And if, you know, when you were first that spousal <clears throat> love, when you see your beloved and you kind of get those butterfly feelings. And not that faith is about feelings all the time. Sometimes it's about decisions. Sometimes it's about feelings. But it makes your heart jump. You know, and is that the way we feel what, like about our beloved, that he mm-hmm. makes our heart jump, that, um, you know, like St. Augustine says, you know, to be with the Lord, to have be experience the Lord is the greatest romance. And that is what basically the life of the beloved is, is that he writes it so beautifully about being the great romance of our souls and our spirits. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. sometimes we forget that, you know, it deserves a response from us. You know, it's like we have spent all of Lent and this I'm just focusing in on just this time that we are right now. But we've heard this our whole lives, most of us. But really, during this time of Lent, we've reflected on the life of Jesus, on his suffering and death and now his resurrection as we come in. And we when we think about what he has done for us and what he is offering to us and how he has sought after us, pursued us in our waywardness and as we've lived the lives of a harlot, you know, in our heart and just been distant from him and that he just keeps pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. That kind of love deserves a response from us. He has given everything for us out of deep love for us. And the question is, what will we do? 
And what will we say in response to this love? Because it's not something you can flippantly just ignore, right? And it's not something that it, your response isn't just to show up at Mass on Sunday. That's not a response. Like, it, it's a personal encounter that deserves a response, you know? And I think that's, he talks about that on page 133, actually. He said, the one who created us is waiting for our response to the love that gave us our being. Mm. I love that. Mm. Yeah, God is not indifferent to us. And I, I appreciate how in this kind of chapter, you know, the very end of Living as a Beloved, where he talks about how, you know, there's, you know, you're not having to choose between like getting a job or, you know, you know, worldly aspirations or success or things like that. But he said, that's really not the issue. He said, the issue is to claim your spiritual truth and live in the world as somebody who doesn't belong to it. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about that of how living as the beloved, it's not like we're all going to go into, you know, like a monastery or something like that, or that we're not concerned with the things that we must be concerned about, especially those of us in different states of life, but that we're living from the beloved so we can actually encounter people and we can encounter reality for what it is. And he said, the world is only evil when you're a slave to it. Yeah, and I we've talked that. extensively about that of, of the competition, of the striving, of the proving, and that's not who we are. It's us going into the world as beloved sons and daughters of God and bringing God's light into whatever facet of the world world God is calling you to and bringing Mm -hmm. that truth there. And so I think that's really important for us to remember that wherever you find yourself, dear listeners, whatever state in life that you are, whatever your job is or whatever God has you, what mission he has you on is bring your belovedness there, bring Mm -hmm. your belovedness there and live it out there. And that's, that's an important reality because people need to experience that um, versus the striving and the competition that we all can easily fall into, like the diabolic spirit that divides us, right? Versus the Holy Spirit that unites us as one family in all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And um, I think one of the things that caused me to think about is, I love that line as well, sister, that you quoted there from page 130, the world is evil only when you become its slave. And I was thinking, you know, so often, and this goes back to our last chapter, we, because of our fear, we don't want to encounter the world. You know, we want to safeguard, we want to isolate, protect, or it, it become insular, you know, against the effects of the world. And there's part of that that's really good. Like, of course, we want to be holy. Of course, we want to be pure. We want to not be tainted or swept away by the world. But at the same time, the world needs us. The world needs you and your uniqueness um, to bring the light of Christ there. You know, it's this is our mission identity that we have been baptized with this mission. This is the mission of the church, that we can't separate ourselves from the world, you know, totally. The world needs us to bring Jesus there and to be a light there. And I think it is a temptation, especially in a lot of Catholic circles, to remove ourselves from the world and to just not engage with it because it's scary, evil, you know, and what it might do. Um, But I think this is where we need to rest in that identity of our belovedness and that we can serve Jesus there in the most heartbreaking places of the world and 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 we need to we have we have to respond you know Michelle what are your thoughts but I love how he talks about like different seasons of life and the different things that come up to us in life that um, he, he said that Jesus always provo- proposes the divine question do you love me and at every part of the journey there's a choice to say yes and there's a choice to say no you know and be a part of this divine plan or the spiritual vision that the Lord has set out for us. Like he gives us a choice. And like you were saying, Heather, there's always a response. So in every season, in every situation, do you love me? Yes or no? You know, like, how are you going to respond? And it's not, do you love me? Will you do something for me? But do you love me? Will you be the beloved who you're called to be, who I've created you to be and be in relationship with me? And I absolutely love the whole part about the Holy Spirit, you know, on page 135, that whole part where it says the spirit of God, 
The spirit that calls us the beloved is the spirit that unites and makes whole. There is no clear way to discern the presence of God's spirit than to identify the moments of unification, healing, restoration, and reconciliation. Wherever the spirit works, divisions vanish and inner as well as outer unity manifests itself. Mm, I just so love good. that. So good. You know, um, it's, it's like, okay, you will know them by their fruits where there is unity, where there's restoration, where there's healing. The Holy Spirit is there working in us, through us, around us um, to make us into a family. And that is what he really wants to do is living as beloved um, because he talks about later in the chapter being, you know, our divine childhood that we all belong as a part of the same family um, and the divine childhood. And and that's very true. And I, I like how he, he takes that also, you know, the union and also just the, the mystical experiences of saints and really the whole of life. And what he ends up really saying is the whole thing is that our life is so much bigger than we think it is. Mm-hmm. That, you know, our life, the giving of ourselves, the breaking, the, the blessing of ourselves, the belovedness, that it's not a small story. That each story is woven into a larger story, which encompasses the, the entire story which of salvation history, this great story of, you know, of the total gift of self. And I, I just, I love that, can I just say the very end of it, when he talks really about the full revelation of our lives, of, of where we've been going the whole, the whole time is eternal life. It's the complete and total family, right? The union, the oneness, the communion, and... I love the very end, and he says, you know, am I afraid to die? I am every time I let myself be seduced by the noisy voices of the world telling me that my quote-unquote little life is all that I have and advising me to cling to it with all my might. Mm. But when I let these voices move to the background of my life and listen to that small, soft voice calling me the beloved, I know that there is nothing to fear and that dying itself is the greatest act of love, the act that leads me into the internal embrace of my God whose love is everlasting. Mm. Like that we're all going home, like this whole journey of life is, you know, as beautiful, you know, the, the story of Les Miserables, it, as Jean Valjean at the very end sings that beautiful song, Bring Him Home. Mm. Like it's the whole homecoming and this whole destiny of our life is that we're children from God, we came from God and we're going home to Him. And so to give the gift of ourselves to the fullest we possibly can to image His love is really the greatest gift that we can imagine on this life. And it's just a foreshadowing, a foretaste of eternal life, as you know, C.S. Lewis says in the very end of Chronicles of Narnia, he describes heaven as a book which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. Oh, I love that. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And we have to have that in our mind. Like, we have to keep the, the resurrection and everything that we're going to be listening to now as we go through this next Easter season. Thank Amen. God we celebrate so it for 50 days. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that about our church. It's like, forget the one day. We're going 50 days. We're going to make it longer big. than your sacrifice of Lent. Go. You just, it's like the abundance of God. Just eat, drink, and be merry and and listen to, to what is being preached to us, you know, as we enter into the liturgies in a deeper way. And I hope that, that we do, you know, as a result of digging deeper in our spiritual life that we're opening our hearts to really hear the Word of God. Because if we don't have this in mind, that Jesus rose from the dead and that He offers us new life, and that is really where our true home is, what is the point of everything we're doing? God, it's just a depressing life, you know? And that is not what we are called to. Like, we are called to the abundant life, and nothing is lost in the kingdom. Nothing. Like, God sees every sacrifice, everything that you give, He sees, and He can... Um, he can make it bigger than, you know, it's like you offer the small gift, he makes it into something even more beautiful than you could ever know. So there might be some of our listeners who you're in a season of life where you're at home, you feel like your life is so small. We've talked about this before, like the seasons of just wiping everything, like, 
your life is not small and it matters. Like you are loving a little person and shaping them into who they're going to be to be able to offer themselves as a gift to the world. You know, nothing is lost in the kingdom of God. And so I just want to say that as an encouragement because sometimes I think, yeah, we can live a small story, but that's not the truth. We are a part of a big story, like you were saying, sister. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think to myself, like, okay, what if you haven't experienced this kind of love before? What if you haven't had it, a personal encounter? That is the time to just pray. That's okay. Or what mm-hmm. if you're wrestling with stuff, like about your faith and about Jesus and all that? <clears throat> that is okay. It is okay to wrestle. Mm-hmm. It is okay. Like, just we pray, like, Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. come. Help me wrestle through this. Bring truth to my life. It says the Holy Spirit will teach all things. Illuminate the gospel. You know, Lord, mm-hmm. just lock me in. In your gaze. Let me experience your face. Let me experience your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, like at the very last couple pages, and he was talking about John the Beloved, you know, will be revealed to us. And a friend of mine and I were talking about John the Beloved the last couple of days. And I was thinking, okay, that's the apostle I want to be. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay on Jesus's heart and oh, just love yeah. him, you know. And then I was thinking, okay, he got the really good deal. He was the only one that wasn't martyred. He was the one, you know, but then I was thinking, but he loved so boldly and he experienced like John the beloved. He was the one in the scripture that God said, Jesus loved this man, like that is written in scripture. But with that love, because he received Jesus's love so much, he was the one that stood at the foot of the cross when all the rest of them were scared. You know, he's the one that Jesus gave his most precious gift to his mother, you know, and I was like, huh, I'm going to love like him, you know, and then hopefully I won't be martyred. But anyway, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just, it makes me, because he loved well, he could be bold well, you know, he could, but he received well, you know, Mm -hmm. and isn't that what God's calling us to be as those apostles, like, like John the beloved and just lay on his chest. And St. Therese has this quote and it says, it is wrong to pass one's time in fretting instead of sleeping on the heart of Jesus. Oh, uh, amen. You know, sister, so that's just, your word for this year, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And that's funny because I'm laughing about that as you're talking about that because I'm like, you're singing my song right now. And, mm-hmm. that, and that's the, and I like that because, you know, that's the daily wrestling all of us go through. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we have this idea that you get to some point and you quote unquote arrive, right? Mm-hmm. And you never struggle or you never doubt or, you know, and that's the daily, that's the daily weight room of life where we continue to, we fall. Sometimes we get back up, we, we struggle, we, we worry, we doubt. And when we, we come back to ourselves, you know, in the heart of Christ and, and it's, I'm really convinced more and more, it's the thousands of little decisions that we make every single day, right? That the kind of, the dictate truly, not just kind of, they dictate truly the kind of life that we end up living. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the continual, that, that's the drama of daily life. And not like drama, drama, but like the, the you know, the, the, just the, the, the ins and outs of daily life. And, you know, I think, I don't know if I told this story before, but I know one of my friends, my, my dearest friend, who's a religious sister who made her vows with me from, from beginning to end. We've, I've known her 18 years now, 19 years, and she is a sister today because one woman in her office lived differently. That woman just had a profound effect of just the first thing my friend noticed that the woman never gossiped. And so my friend just began to notice just how she lived her life differently. And it was through her witness of just living a faith filled life, even though it was very difficult, that had a profound impact on my, on my friend. And my, my friend is a religious sister now today because a, a woman in her office lived differently. Wow. And so we have no idea just the profound effect we have on one another. Like Heather, you were talking about, you know, just we feel like we live these small lives or even Henry now. And like, you know, his book, he felt like was a failure because his friend ended up not liking it. I'm like, what? You get to the end oh. of the story and you're like, ah, I can't believe Fred. Like, what's up with Fred? That was you know, not didn't the even... closure I wanted. I was like, I want a happy I ending. Like Fred was like, no, he was not having it. 
Fred's like whatever, and and I just love that Henry Nowen just he decided not to write another book. That it just it is what it is, and mm-hmm. I'm like, amen, Henry Nowen, because because of that, now we're talking about it on a podcast. How many years later, and mm-hmm. we're being blessed by it. Mm-hmm. So even in the disappointments of life, fruit when we offer it, fruit still comes from it. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and we can't see the effect it's going to have. No. Like we might have one intention for something for a gift that we give, like Henry Nowen. It, it was his intention that it would be for Fred and his friends, but really it was for us. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah, would you have ever known that? Like God had a plan in mind, like even though it didn't achieve whatever Henry Nowen's plans were. And, you know, there was something even profound in what he was saying about that, though, as I was thinking about Fred and his friends and what Fred said, I was like, you know, I understand what he's saying. Like, there's language that we use sometimes that just, it's like people aren't even there yet. They don't even understand the language. And really, it goes back to what you were saying, sister, the only way that we can love them and show them who God is, is through relationship. And that's what I just thought, you know, uh, maybe Fred and his friends don't need a book. They just need to stay in relationship with Henry Nowen, right? Like, that's really where the most impact happened with Fred, was just in his relationship with Henry and seeing how he lived and and being impacted by, by his spiritual life, you know? Which I totally... Which the church says, it says it listens more to witnesses than it does to teachers. You know, that's mm-hmm. Pope Paul VI, and that's what it talks about. And um, Eugene Cho, who I love, is a Christian writer, and he says, Rather than fear, guilt, or shame, let's inspire people with hope, beauty, and courage. Let's fascinate, not force people towards the gospel. Mm. You know, like, I mean, let's inspire them by our lives. You know, the, like the mystery that we're living, they want to know why. What mm-hmm. is that? And and not in a showy way and not in a, um, like, yeah, performing way, but in a mm-hmm. way because it resonates with us. They're like, okay, there's something different. Let's fascinate them with the gospel. Let's fascinate them that we know in spite of our brokenness that we are beloved beyond a measure. You know, that we are these unique creations and there's no one. Like, be able to tell, like, and I always am like, do I treat the gospel like good news? Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, it is good news. Um, you know, would I be like Mary Magdalene is now like, guess what? My savior has risen from the dead. Let me tell you what's going down. Mm-hmm. You know, um, of course, you know, he tells a woman and she can tell everybody really quickly, you know, that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, because he knew her by name, you know, when he said her name in the garden after he had risen and he called her by name and she mm-hmm. knew who her soul loved. And so she could tell the whole entire world of this amazing lover of her soul who had mm-hmm. redeemed her and restored her and all of that. Um, and, but, you know, I have to say, uh, did Fred give him a thank you gift or something? Like he wrote a whole book for him. <laughs> you oh, know? Thanks, Fred. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Fred, you know? Did you read a page of what I wrote about being like, I mean, this, now? whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But I guess for me, I really uh, was even wrestling with sacred and secular, you know? Um, in my mind, God created everything. So, and so everything is sacred. Maybe it has not been redeemed or restored yet, but we are all created in God's image and likeness. And there is all, uh, you know, a heart prince of God in our DNA and we all long for him. So yes, it may be secular or you may, but it just not hasn't been redeemed or reconciled to God yet because we are all sacred images. You know, in my mind, all of us are sacred. So, I don't even like distinguishing between sacred and secular because I think we are all sacred because we were made in God's image and likeness. Mm. So, 
but Fred, you know, your loss, our gain, you know, it was kind of fruitful. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. It's going out to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love Fred. He's keeping it real. I mean, you know, it wasn't yes. a happy ending. I just want everything to be wrapped up in a little bow. I want it to end perfectly every time. But, like, Fred was keeping it real. He was like, I need something different, like, even, even more basic than this, you know. And maybe some of our listeners are there, and that's okay. Like, I think there's just it is. something it's totally about it's okay. like, it's okay wherever you are in the journey. And I loved what you were saying, Michelle. Like, it's okay to wrestle. It's okay to struggle. Um, I think the point is to just keep it in the light. Like, just keep bringing it into the light and asking God, who is a lover, who desires to give us good things, just to keep asking, you know, to keep keep the door open to Him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Oh, well, we, I've so enjoyed this journey with you guys. It's been wonderful, hasn't it, to do a book study? And, it has. Uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who've joined us on the journey. And this, I mean, hopefully this won't be our last book study. It's our, you know, it's, it's, we do series every now and then, which we get a lot of wonderful feedback on our different series. But I think we've certainly enjoyed this journey with everybody, don't you mm-hmm. think? I think so, too. And I've so enjoyed connecting with many of you on the book study Facebook page. That's been great. And so um, that page, we're not going to continue to post on there. We have another Facebook page. It's just the Abiding Together podcast. So if you haven't liked that page and you want to keep in touch with us, please head over to our regular Abiding Together page and make sure you hit like and you'll get all the updates and weekly podcasts. We're going to continue to do our weekly podcasts. You can also sign up via email through our website and get a weekly email with the podcast in there delivered to your inbox. And I think in the future, pretty soon we're going to do a question and answer episode. So we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your questions. Um, and we'll set out a post on Facebook for that and probably in the email as well so that you can send us your questions and we can have a great discussion. I'd like to ask the two of you some questions now. <laughs> I have a question or two for you, sister. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Well, my question for the two of you, thank you very much, is what's your one thing this week? Now that we're in Easter, you know, what is the, what's the one thing that you are enjoying right now? Heather, do you have one thing for our listeners? <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about Easter mornings as growing up, like as a kid. And my mom would always, Easter morning, we're all asleep. And like praise and worship Easter tunes would just start blasting in our house that's how we woke up every easter morning it was like victory chant for all you old schoolers you know what i'm saying like it was just like a total rejoicing like worship music so i'm gonna create an easter playlist or or i have created an easter playlist by now when you listen to this uh, for everybody to listen to just to have the you know the truth and goodness of easter and all the rejoicing and alleluia's being uh being listen to in your home and in your hearts yeah so that's my one thing michelle how about you starburst jelly beans that's it yeah (laughs) the long-awaited starburst jelly beans you gave up for lent yes one of our dear listeners and a friend of mine jill texted me a picture a couple weeks ago of the display of starburst jelly beans in public saying stay strong girl lent's almost over so um (laughs) You know, I have run my race, I have gotten my crown, and it will be filled with Starburst jelly beans. So there you go. Sister, what is your one thing? Well, I do. I, my, my one thing, I mean, unfortunately, we're gonna, this is going to air after um, Easter, but I love the Easter Vigil Mass. It's gorgeous. And the, the incense and the fire and the light and the darkness mm-hmm. and just the Easter exultant, oh, happy fault, right? Oh, necessary son of Adam that mm-hmm. gained for us a so glorious a redeemer. And so 
I just, I love the incense. I love the, I, I love the Easter liturgy. And so we're going to have an octave of Easter. We're going to celebrate Easter in fullness for eight days and then the rest of the season. And it's just such a glorious time just to lean into the joy. Uh, and so, yeah, amen. Amen. It's been a, it's been a challenging Lent, I think, for a lot of us. And I think, I don't know about you, but I've certainly learned a lot and learned more about God's love for me and just uh, where he's calling me to grow more deeply and rest on his heart. So it's mm. been a beautiful, beautiful journey, ladies. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, dear listeners. And we so enjoyed once again having you with us on our Lenten book study. And if you and like this episode, you can share it with a friend. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Where you click on any of the icons of the pictures, you're going to find our episode with wonderful discussion questions, journaling questions, and anything else you would like to know about our podcast, you'll find there on our website. And until next time, happy, happy, happy Easter, friends. Alleluia. He is risen. We'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together. <laughs> Suck. Oh no. Okay. Mm-hmm.